You are Locked On Indians, your daily Cleveland Indians podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Locked On Indians. This is your host, Jeff Ellis of 24-7 Sports. Not a lot of time to, uh, to dig in the news today at the start of the show. I do want to talk about the one headline I saw um, at the top. I'm typically just going to MLB trade rumors as they're always up to date on everything that the uh, MLB Players Association is launching an investigation of comments from uh, Braves GM Alex Anthopoulos. Um, I'm mostly laughing just because the Braves' last GM got in trouble for uh, some dirty dealings um, and got a baseball ban. Uh, I don't think this is going to turn into anything very big. Uh, He just came out and said, I misspoke. It's, you know, the Players Association wants to nail down clubs for tampering. And I don't think tampering is happening in baseball. That's not what we're seeing. We're seeing a, um, we're seeing basically the Brazilian economy at work, but in Major League Baseball, which is those at the top have a lot of money, and then teams use a lot of younger uh, talent at lower pay, and those in the middle disappear. There's not baseball is going to soon be the rich the young, and no middle class. That's just the way of the sport. If you are a middle class type player, if you're like a three to four win player, there just aren't the contracts for you. And teams are going to evaluate where to spend their money. And in a lot of cases, they just don't think it's worthwhile to give that type of guy, you know, 10, $12 million a year. If you can get a two war player who's going to make a million or less. So for as much as everyone screams tampering at points, uh, it's not a thing. It's not happening. Uh, yes, free agency is a bit of a bore. Free agency um, doesn't uh, excite. And yes, the middle class players get squeezed, but that's because that's how the baseball economy works right now. The luxury tax hasn't really made a, uh, a hard cap for the sport, but it has definitely made a soft cap. And teams are trying to avoid um, the negative repercussions of that luxury tax. And it has led to you know, teams are going to spend for those elite players. Garrett Cole is going to get a monster contract. Anthony Rendon, monster contract. Um, Steven Strasburg, monster contract. But if you go down that, you know, top 50 list, you know, Mike Moustakis, who's a top 20 guy on every board, is going to be lucky to get $10 million a year. And he's been a consistently excellent player. Um, I'm like, where is, as I just look over here, you know, Dallas Keuchel, uh, former Cy Young Award winner, he, you know, he's going to get maybe like 12 to 14. The same thing with Nick Castellanos. There's not going to be a lot of huge paydays. Let's put it that way. You know, even someone like Kyle Gibson, Kylie thinks, for instance, he, he has him 15th. He's going to get 15 million over three years. I don't think so. I think that is in the old way of thinking. Kyle Gibson's all right, but he is that dreaded like three to four war player. He is a uh, a number four starter. No one wants to pay a number four starter right now. You can, the Indians have like six of them um, that they are all paying league minimum to. And those guys are the ones that get squeezed. Kyle Gibson's probably, if I had to place a bet, he's eventually going to sign for like two years, 16 million. That would be my bet. That's what I think we'll see for him. I know Kylie has him at three years, 15. We'll see who's uh, who's closer. But I can't keep talking about this because i got to dive into the Indians' top 11 prospects. Why don't I start at the back? Now, this is over on Scouting Baseball. It's an article I wrote that's um, over nearly 4,000 uh, 
uh, words big. And eventually I'm going to get to kind of doing a quick write-up on a few other guys at the end of this one. But let's just go through it. I'm going to start at 11, work my way back up to 1. Um, yes, the, you know, goes to 11 is a Spinal Tap reference that I've been doing with all of my prospect ones. Started as a bad joke, and now it just means I have to do a little bit extra work. At number 11, I have Daniel Espino. Uh, I've talked about him since the Indians drafted him. Really interesting skill set, uh, kind of what the Indians go for, which is uh, big stuff, big risk. Uh, I th- I've, I've been pretty much on record as saying I think he'll get hurt before he gets the majors. He's going to miss a season of development. I think he's more than like a reliever. He's pretty physically maxed out. His stuff isn't going to add much. Um, and let's just be honest, guys with his velocity drafted out of high school, um, I think I've seen that like over the last 10 to 15 years, it's a 95% injury rate amongst players with that velocity out of high school. So it's he's very, very likely to get hurt. He has a very unusual delivery. There's just a lot of red flags. And yeah, it's exciting. It's interesting. But... Lenny Torres didn't make my top 20 uh, for that same reason. He's exciting. He's interesting. But that's always the thing it's going to be. I'm not focused on ceiling. So many guys flame out. If a guy is close, like I was kind of surprised with some of the feedback from this article where people are like mad that I put Yu Chen Chang in it. And I'm like, he's a, a no doubt 20 home run guy who plays on the infield. He's Johnny Peralta light. That's he's, you know, this is... <laughs> He's safe, and people are like, "Oh, this guy, that guy." I'm like, Lenny Torres has one pitch, and he's hurt. Like, that's it, it, not even a competition. Some of the names that were people were throwing out. So we always, and then it's not the first time. I mean, this is always the way it is. People get enamored with ceiling. Problem with ceiling is no one hits their ceiling. Um, almost no one. Occasionally, you get a Mike Trout who goes, you know, shoots through his ceiling, but ceilings are high-end estimates that are almost never achieved. And most players never even come close to them. Espino, future reliever. That's just kind of my final view on him at this point. Uh, Fastball, uh, slider, curve is kind of that third piece to maybe make him a starter. I I just don't see it. It, 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 It's a total package that screams injury. And as much as I hate to go with like the traditional scouting view, it's like, I look at all of his stuff and, you know, there's a reason why I had him in the thirties of my mock, even though he had the best present stuff of any prep pitcher in the class. Number 10 is Ethan Hankins, kind of a similar story, a little bit bigger bodied, better chance to start, uh, very young for his class, really dominated Mahoning Valley this year, um, in a relatively small sample with a high ground ball rate, high strikeout rate, uh, and an acceptable walks per nine. We'll have to see what he does going forward. Um, control is going to be his limiting factor. Something in your control is uh, mail enhancement. And you can go over to our good friends at bluechew.com. You go there and use the promo code MLB. And you can try the little blue pill with the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis. And what's I think speaks to the you know how strongly they believe in this product is they get, they're giving it away for free. You pay five bucks for shipping. You can try it for free. They're so confident once you try it that you will want to use it again and again. Uh, I've talked about uh, the fact that it's chewable, stands out. It's the only one of its kind that's chewable. Things that are chewable, your body can uh, break up quicker, hit your bloodstream quicker, and have an effect quicker. So 
If you've ever been curious about male enhancement, here's your chance. Head over to BlueChew.com, use the promo code MLB. It lets you know that uh, we sent you and that uh, their support of this podcast is uh, is money well spent. So number nine is Yuchen Chang. I mentioned this before. The reason, like, a Bobby Bradley, um, and some people are like, well, Bradley should have been higher than Chang, yet better numbers. Not really. <laughs> yeah, he had more home runs, but um, Chang walks somewhat. Uh, Bradley does not. And Chang plays multiple infield positions. Bradley's at first base. Yuchen Chang is a safe future utility player. When you look at all the utility types we rolled out this year, um, we, no, let's change it. All the utility types the Indians rolled out this year. Uh, a guy who hit 20 home runs, uh, crush uh, left-handed pitching, that's exactly what they need. That's what a lot of teams need. There's a reason why through the years multiple teams have asked for him. There's a reason why he was one of the centerpieces in the Luke Croy deal. There's a reason why he repeatedly came up in trade talks with the Yankees over the years. Um, he's a safe middle infielder with power. It's, it's not an easy combination to find. We're a little bit spoiled because we have Jose Ramirez and Francisco Lindor. Uh, Chang is a real, legitimate, and strong prospect. At number eight, I have James Karinchok. I'm not normally high on relievers that high, but his performance was unbelievable. Um, in terms of pure stuff, uh, I don't know if there's anyone in the Indian system that has better stuff. Basically, and what I came down to is, I mean, the comp on him is Trevor Rosenthal. And the question is, will he be able to work with his control well enough to be the good version of Rosenthal? Or is the control not going to be there and he's going to be this version of Trevor Rosenthal that's kind of bounced around the majors where teams want to give him a chance because the arm's electric, but the control in command are not there enough to make him an effective pitcher. So he has a chance to, I mean, the Indians, uh, I don't know if they'll make him the closer, but I mean, he has a chance to kind of put his name in the record books for the Cleveland Indians. They've got six more seasons of him. Uh, with this team in high leverage situations. So if he can continue to miss bats at the historic rate he was missing bats last year, uh, sky's the limit for him at the back of the pen. Seven's Tristan McKenzie. What a fall from grace. Former you know, top 40 prospect. And again, this is showing why we don't want to put too much stats or, you know, well, we don't want to look at too much into the stats in low A. Uh, or even high A, and we don't want to get too ahead of the game with these arms in the lower levels. And he's missed uh, part of last season, all of this season. He was supposed to get sent out to Arizona. They didn't even do that. They've never really said what was wrong there. He's never added velocity. He's never added bulk. Um, he just doesn't... It, he hasn't developed. I mean, for the last two years, essentially his development's been on hold. And for a guy who was shooting up through the Indian system, and they've been aggressive with promotions... He's been just kind of there. Um, he, in a year, is either going to be much higher in this list or off it. Like, that's that's the way of it. it there's no in-between for him. He is either not going to be a top 15 prospect in a year, or he's going to be one and two, or he's going to pitch so well that uh, he's not even qualified. Uh, there's a world where maybe he ends up being more of a reliever for the Indians this year. We'll see, but he's got to get, he's got to build up innings, he's got to build up strength, and then he's got to show that he can perform in double A, which he hasn't done yet, and that's where he's been the last two years, so that's why he's kind of down here. We had those great performances, but it's it's a while off. Number six is Daniel Johnson. 
Um, he should make the Indians. Best trait is his arm. It's a 70-grade tool, plus runner. Hits for power, really quick, really athletic. Walked this year at a much better rate than he's ever done, which is what makes him really exciting as a potential uh, more than just a platoon bat. But I think the the low here is a fourth outfielder. Like His worst case is a fourth outfielder with plus defense in the corners. Um, just let him and Luplo work together. That should be a plus combination. He should get a chance to get some at-bats for the Indians in a year. But, uh, yeah, Daniel Johnson, uh, physical tools. He's one of the best athletes in the Indian system. And we'll see. I mean, I, I still think he's a platoon guy for the majority of his career, but I could be proven wrong. Number five is Bo Naylor. Uh, he was one of the few prospects the Indians didn't aggressively promote this year at some point during the season, and that's because they aggressively promoted him at the start of the year. Um, you look at, you know, Lenny Torres started in Arizona. Uh, Ethan Hankins started in Mahoning Valley. Bo Naylor, who, uh, you know, was not facing as good of talent in high school as uh, as Hankins, arguably about the same level as Torres, you know, started much higher than them. And it was a rough start, but he adjusted. He came around. Um, I think my favorite statistic I pulled out of it was that uh, amongst, uh, you know, if you looked at splits that talked about, you know, facing pitchers older or facing pitchers younger than him, he only had six at-bats the whole season against a pitcher younger than him. He was always the youngest guy. He was always the youngest player, uh, and he performed well. He didn't excel, but he was uh, league average to above league average, which at an incredibly physically demanding position, a position that typically we see slow development from, and placed extremely aggressively, uh, all of that came together to show me a prospect who could end up being number one on this system in a year. Honestly, legitimately, it's possible. Um, with graduations um, and positional value, and we'll see how some of these other prospects go. But yeah, Naylor, uh, impressive year. If you After the first month, I was concerned, but really came around to show everyone why the Indians valued him so much. Logan Allen at four, a lot of people, again, were really down on this, uh, this placement. It's like he's a left-handed pitcher with a long history of success who, um, yeah, he's got a low 90s fastball, but he's a lefty. Uh, good athlete. Uh, it, for him, the... Uh, the fastball is, you know, it's 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 a workable pitch, but his change is really that out pitch, and the fastball change alone will make him a workable lefty reliever. Um, but I still think he's a starter, and why is he so high? Because he's a ready left-handed starter. The Indians have not had a ready left-handed starter since Scott Casimir. Um, his value is, you know, they have so much pitching that if they trade some away, you still got someone like Logan Island ready to kind of step into a role. Um, he had some up and downs this year, but I, I'm not going to give up on him. Ty Freeman at three. I also saw the comments that people thought he should be a bit higher. The one knock I have on Freeman, uh, it's a very thin margin. Because he doesn't hit for power. He doesn't really walk. Um, the upside is he doesn't strike out much. But it, it's most of his value right now and most of his offensive production is based around the batting average, which has been quite good. And I've seen some places where he's listed as having a potential plus hit tool. Uh, it, that's what's going to have to drive him forward. I mean, again, he's a young kid. He's not going to be 21 until May. There's a chance he'll get bigger and stronger. There's absolutely every chance of that. 
But right now, his hit tool cannot regress at all, which, um, at least in terms of production, uh, which, frankly, almost never happens, uh, especially when a guy hits double A. There's some pretty solid regression there. You see some some difficulties and changes. So he's he's kind of borderline right now. Um, he could be a, a utility guy. He could be a starter. Um, yeah, I think he's probably going to be a starter. Uh, the youth relative to his level is kind of a big sign of success. But the reason Freeman, who when I sat down to write, was second and ended up third is just because that margin is very thin. He doesn't have a lot of secondary skills. It's all based around his hit tool. And if the hit tool backs up at all or is not what we think it is, it significantly, significantly changes the outcome. And while it always changes anyone's outcome, when that is really your only tool, it can pretty much turn you from uh, projected starter to quad A talent. George Valera at two... um, I think his best act outcome, and I, I said in the article, is like Jock Peterson, Max Kepler type. I don't see the plus hit tool. It kind of drives me nuts when people are like, oh, he's going to have a plus hit tool. And I'm like, he didn't hit, like, he struggled to make contact. Yeah, he was young for his level, but he, he was a free swinger. He did walk a lot, um, and that is definitely hugely valuable. And I'm not discounting him. I mean, I have him second in the system. And, you know, he's the top 100 prospect in baseball, and the power, I think, is legitimate. But, again, I have a, a more of a, a Kepler-Peterson where it's, it's power and walk rate and some other things that drive his value. Uh, not a great athlete. Currently plays center. That is he'll move off of it. But you're looking at the power potential. You're looking at the tools. Um, the reason he's down at two instead of one is, you know, he, he only played in low A. Um, he's still got a lot to prove. He, uh, I believe he turned nine, or no, he is just 18 years old this year. And I mean, our, our number one prospect is just 21. I think sometimes that gets lost in the, the hubbub. So let's just jump ahead to number one, and that's Nolan Jones. Now, I was kind of also surprised by how many people are down on Nolan Jones. I got a lot of, um, what about his, his, uh, really high strikeout rate? Well, it's, it's about in line with George Valera, it's in line with a lot of guys in the minors, honestly baseball is changing where a 29-30% strikeout rate isn't uh, unheard of. Uh, there are guys who don't even hit for power who have it that high. It is high, and in the piece I compared him to a plus version of Russell Brannion, which I would think um, anyone who knows Russell Brannion would know that that implies there's going to be a lot of strikeouts. And then the other negative thing I saw was, well, he's never proven he can hit lefties, and and think that is the more valid concern. Um, you know, that was kind of the issue with Lonnie Chisenhall coming up. Uh, it was the issue with Jim Tomey coming up. It's it's an issue we see with a lot of left-handed hitters. We'll see how it continues to go for him, but I think that is the more rational um, concern. Now, why did he stand out? Well, he's just 21 years of age. He went to a park in Akron that is notorious for home run suppression and put on a show. Um, what's the other and so power is there plus power like i would give it the 65 grade i don't think it's quite the 70 grade but i think he's a 30 35 home run guy down the road um the other thing that's super nice and stood out is the sky high walk rate which often goes with a high strikeout rate um you go through nearly 18 percent this year one of the youngest guys consistently at his level hit for power walked a lot 
he did strike out a lot. But what's interesting is the average was around 280, but the bat pips were incredibly high. I've talked about this many a time. Bat pip has been shown. Um, Chris Mitchell, who used to do the Cato rankings over on Fangraphs, uh, phenomenal at everything he did. He, he unfortunately left the world of baseball to do some other statistical stuff. But uh, he showed through his data that bat pip is one of those consistently strong indicators because players with high bat pips and low minors, um, you're facing lesser competition as you race through the world. I mean, the competition gets better as you go up, but it's still, there's a lot of guys down there who are never going to sniff the majors, um, even in double A. So BAPIP is showing when that number is high quality contact, that you are consistently making quality contact. And that's one of those things that is a sign of a strong hit tool. Now his BAPIP was 389 um, through his minor league career so far. That is, you know, an average, I believe the league average is 285 for that. Um, so yeah, he's making really quality contact. He's a bit immature as a hitter. Um, he needs some development. He's just 21 years of age. But is there a world where he's like Adam Dunlight? Yeah. I mean, is there a world where he uh, hits like 220 with 40 home runs while getting close to 100 walks? I think absolutely. Yeah, that's the case. And that's why I am so high on Jones is you see this total package and the bat pip shows a better hit tool than one uh, than one projects just about anywhere with him. The power is, is beyond reproach. The walk rate gets, it's one of those things, the walk percentage does not get talked about as much as it should, and it's a fantastic indicator of future success. And his it being 18% is one of the highest I saw this year just in minor league baseball. Offensively, it's a excellent profile. Yes, yeah, he strikes out a lot, but so does everybody pretty much at this point in the minors. He is atrocious against lefties. That is a legitimate concern, but he just destroys right-handers. Um, yeah, he could end up being a platoon bat, but he could end up being uh, an amazing platoon bat if everything works out. Defensively, there are some concerns, but just as a bat, this is the most impressive offensive profile I have seen for an Indians hitter in the upper minors since Carlos Santana was coming up through the system. Um, and as you recall, Carlos Santana was one of the elite, elite hitting prospects in baseball when he came up. Um, Francisco Lindor, I know, has turned into an amazing hitter in the, in the majors. No one predicted that, and he showed no signs of the power that he's hit for when he's in the minors. But, uh, yeah, Nolan Jones, get excited. He is in A to start next year. I think he will spend at least half the season in A, um, And... Come June or July, especially if like if the Indians just do decide to run out there with Arroyo and Chang, and neither of those guys like the world on fire, come June or July, Nolan Jones will definitely get a taste in the majors, much like they did with uh, with Bobby Bradley. But uh, it, you know, Jones will get that opportunity. I want to thank everyone for listening. Longer show, but I had to get through the top eleven. Uh, as always, rate and review that does huge things for us in terms of getting more eyes on the show and getting more sponsors and the like. And as always, go tribe.